Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever the mission, home or away, Enterprise helps over 120,000 people every day. With vans of all shapes and sizes, if you have a plan, Enterprise has a van. No matter if you need to rent for an hour, a day, a week or longer, Enterprise offers great rates for you or your business. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Tuesday and welcome to yet another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. Now, if you're downloading this for the first time because you heard me mention it on yesterday's drive, well done to you. If you downloaded it because you always download it, well done to you. And of course, if you've never downloaded it and you've stolen someone else's phone and you listen to it on a stolen MP3 player, well done to you. As long as you're listening... Well done. Anyway, we start with um, calls to my show, even though I wasn't on it yesterday, Andy Goldstein Sports Bar with Jason Candy and Jordan Jarrett Bryan. I have to say that slowly, because if you try and say it fast, it's impossible. Jordan Jarrett Bryan. I know you can do it fast. Anyway, they were looking back at Man United's Europa League clash with FC Copenhagen, which of course was live on TalkSport. The winners, as Jason would say, had a massive semi to look forward to, where the losers, well, they didn't. And he has the opportunity to give them the lead in the Europa League quarter-final. And he sends it past Jonsson and into the net. He went to the keeper's right, guessed the right way. But Bruno Fernandes, with pace and precision, has given Manchester United an extra-time lead. They got the job done eventually. We're just watching the uh, the replays mm. of the TV coverage here um, of United's missed chances. 1-0 in the end, a penalty that oh, I think we both agree wasn't a pen, was it? No, it's not. And um, he's gone down. He's felt the, 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 the contact on his shoulder and he's dived and he's got himself a, a penalty. It just goes to show that even diving in the box, you still get penalties, even with VAR. Even with VAR, you can mm. still go down in the box, you know, tumble in the box when there's very little contact, a dive. Let's have, let's have it absolutely right. People who know me and listen in the, in the past, I don't have a problem with it because at the other end, they will do it to you. Mm. So take advantage if you can. Hope you get away with the decision. Now to Greenwood. Greenwood with a minimal backlift. Hits the post. Tapped into the net by Marcus Rashford. But the flag's up again. Well, the initial one would have counted in the first half. Mason Greenwood rifled one off the inside of the post and in. Let's have a chat with Jack, who's a Man United supporter. Um, Jack, um, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. How you guys doing? We are good. We are good. So tell us a little bit about Mason Greenwood and how good you think he will be. Oh, Mason Greenwood. To be honest, that's not what I called about, but I'll just okay. be short on it. Go for it. Go he for it. is like, I don't want to compare him too much, yeah, but I remember, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it. I watched Messi when he was 18 playing against Inter Milan. You just said it. With Henri and I don't want to say it, but you said it. And this kid was playing like a 27-year-old world-class player and this kid, Greenwood, is doing the exact same thing. Every time you worry for him, oh, he's got a little bit of three, four players around him. He gets out of that that little um, 
interplay. He scores. He scored two goals today, man. Side netting. He's just too good. And we don't get credit for the kids we pull out. Greenwood, Rashford, Pogba, Brandon Williams, so McTominay. So many players, Manchester United, English players we pull out. No one gives us credit for it. No, I think you do. I think we just have. No, I think, no I, it's a given. It's a given. I think you do. Well, go, go on to what your main point. You wanted to talk about Martial, didn't you? Yeah, that was my main point. So I don't know what games you lot are watching, to be honest with you, about Martial. And it seems that you don't have an understanding of football and how it works. Seriously, this guy... Sorry, just repeat that again? English. You don't have an understanding of what football is because your biasness are covering your eyes. I don't think I've mentioned Martial really... all, all, all show. So. No, we haven't mentioned him. That's what I'm saying. That's my whole point. You've been mentioning English players. You haven't even mentioned him because he's French. Well, the reason we That's mention true. England players is because we're talking about what England can do. Unfortunately, Martial can't play for England. the Europa League game that we just got through. No, no, but you're more than... Wh- comp- just to pull you up... Sorry, Jack. Just to, just to make sure you understand yeah. what we're doing this side... We are talking about mm. Mason Greenwood. We're talking about Phil Foden because they are both English. And and Jamie O'Hara this morning was talking about that. That's Foden. that's oh the link. God. That's the link. Mm. Okay. So anyway, and Martial's so, French. I don't want to go right. off point. I don't. I don't want to go off point. My point was the reason I didn't hear what you were talking about beforehand. All I switched on the TV and I heard the same old malarkey that all the press and ex-footballers talk about. United need a striker. United need a striker. Yes, they do to complement Martial, not to come in and take his place. That is my point. Raul Jimenez, Timo Werner, a player like that. A sideman. No, not a Harry Kane, because a Harry Kane will come in and he will give no game to Martial, even though Martial can be better than him in the next few years. Now, the World Snooker Supremo Barry Hearn was on The Breakfast Show yesterday with uh, Max Rushton. Who? Max? Max what? No, neither have I. Anyway, Jamie O'Hara was alongside. And would you believe it, he defended Ronnie O'Sullivan after the Rockets slated some of the younger players coming into the game. I believe it. I love Ronnie. I love Barry. I love snooker as well. This is the first time Ronnie's been in the quarterfinals of the World Championship for three years, isn't it? A lot of, lot of, lot of lower-rated lower players have been Ronnie in tournaments. They don't beat him every week because they're not good enough to beat him every week. But can never take away the quality that people like Ronnie, Mark Williams, John Higgins, they are, they're born and bred to do what they do. They were exceptional year for talent and they've maintained it and I can't get upset with these comments because quite frankly a lot of it's true Time now to check in with Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show with me Andy Goldstein and Darren Goff We were talking about the Rockets comments with our own take on things well mainly mine Everyone wants a piece of Ronnie every time he's at the tournament there's a mic shoved under his face as a well, he's going to give you a line, isn't he? Yeah, and he, he wants that. He want, you know, he, he that's what they want from him. So sometimes he'll talk an Australian accent. Sometimes he'll talk one-word answers. Sometimes he'll say what he really thinks, which is, I, I assume, you know, what he was talking about yesterday. But well, he gives the youngsters every time they play against him. I don't know if it does. Point, I don't know if it does. The, the gap, the gap between him, Mark Williams, John Higgins, that that, that crop of players, the class of '92, we call it is massive to anything coming through. The new crop of snooker players is meant to be coming from Asia. For years we've heard, you know, James Rotano was the first one, then everyone said Ding Jun Wee would be a world champion by the age of 22, 20. He's still not a world champion. In fact, ironically, it was Ronnie that beat him in the last round, 13-10. The new crop of great snooker players, they're meant to be coming over from Asia. I've not seen that yet. They're very good. They're very good, but they lack something. I don't quite know what it is, but they la- I think I think they lack that apprenticeship of snooker. So you go to the club. Straight into the world scene. Yeah, that's what they lack. 
Because you see them at events and you see them practice and they pot a blue off the spot, a long blue, over and over and over and over again. Like robots. They put, In practice, they're incredible, these kids. At the end of the day, without being too cliche-like, I think it's only good for snooker that O'Sullivan makes remarks like that. They get picked up. We talk about snooker. More people know about snooker. Snooker is the winner. I think that's fair. He's not had a bad life out of snooker to say he don't enjoy it, has he? Oh, he don't listen when he says he doesn't enjoy it. Well, that's it. what I mean. So you, you're saying don't listen to him when he says he don't enjoy it. So it, how can we take it serious what it, he says uh, then? It, well, you can take him seriously. Because he tells us all he hates it. Well, he well it depends what money. day. Someday he's going to retire, someday he loves it, someday he's only yeah. going to play eight tournaments a year. Someday yeah, he'll end up being one of them who wants to be a commentator when it's all finished. He's tried a bit of that, he does a bit of that. Well, there you go, he won't be able to walk away from yeah. it. So he doesn't I'll tell, does tell you what, what I think will happen with Ronnie, is that the day he finally does hang up his cue, he'll regret it. And I know he, he'll say now, I've had this in deep conversation with him before, and I know he'll say he won't, but I think not, not at the time, but five years later. How old is he now? 45, I think. Is he? Yeah. How long do you think he'll play for? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. He could just wake up tomorrow and say, that's it, retire. Yeah. And then make a comeback. And then make a comeback. Win yeah. it at 50, probably. Now, the former England striker Darren Bent, Benty, told Hugh Wozencroft, Crofty, on Wozencroft and Bent, Crofty, Benty, who were in for White and Sawyer, Whitey and Sawyery, about the effect comments like that from Ronnie O'Sullivan can have on sports people. They spoke about the time Harry Redknapp criticised Bent's miss in 2009 against Portsmouth and how it impacted him. wonder if we got Sandra Redknapp's take on it as well. At first I thought, why say that? But I'm pretty sure the following weekend I scored two. So I reacted well to it. Yeah, it bothered me. I can't say it didn't because it's what everyone was talking about. It was like everyone was laughing about it, talking about it. Do you know what I mean? You'd walk down the street, you'd hear someone shout from a distance, oh, my wife could have scored that. <laughs> Just, yeah, honestly, I, I, I can, didn't laugh. I, yeah, but, you know, I laugh about it now. But at the time, it was tough because you think, well, hold on a second, dear. Like, come on, do you know what I mean? But that's just the, that was a typical Harry thing to do. Like, he just he just threw it out there. I'm sure he didn't think it'd get the traction that it did. But unfortunately, it did get the traction. But it was one of them where I thought, okay, well, I'm going to show you. And I remember one of the coaches the following weekend when I did score the two, he was like, well, you should go out there and say, well, could his wife have scored that? Well, I wasn't obviously going to do that, do you know what I mean? Because it got me out, up out of spurs. <laughs> but it was just one of them. I, rea- I reacted positively to it. Now, Wolves' Ruben Neves has been speaking to TalkSport's Sam Matterface, ahead of their Europa League quarter-final tie against Sevilla in Germany. Not Sam Matterface teaming up with Ruben Neves. That would be unfair. There's only two of them. And there's, well, I'm guessing 11 of Sevilla. And Sam Matterface, as great a commentator as he is, he is useless in front of the goal. Anyway, that game is live on TalkSport tonight. Although he's wary of Sevilla's Europa pedigree, he said he thinks the single-leg format makes it a tougher tournament. Well, of course it does. That's obvious, isn't it? Yeah, we know. You know they they won they won the um, the tournament before, but like I said to you, it's a different tournament now. It's just one leg. Uh, it will it will be really hard for every team. Uh, very good teams in the tournament, uh, so it's a completely different um, way to to play the Europa League. It will be like a final for us. To like like a final for for Sevilla as well. I believe we're both going to do our best to win the game and we high hope we can we can go through through the semis. What a start for Wolverhampton Wanderers, the biggest European night in the black country since the early 1970s and they're ahead in eight minutes thanks to Raul Jimenez's penalty. Well, it's a big game for us. It was our goal since the restart of the Europa League to be in Germany playing the final eight. We achieved it. It's a big achievement for, for us, for the club. But we don't want to, to stop here, so we'll go to, to the game 
uh, as we do every time. Uh, we'll try to, to win the game. We know it will be really hard, but we are ready for it. Now, William confirmed he's leaving Chelsea with Arsenal close to completing his signing on a three-year deal. Arsenal fan and former English striker Darren Bent Bente says he wouldn't have signed the experienced Brazilian international if he were in charge of the Gunners. For me personally, I probably wouldn't have done it because I like what Arteta's building and I think maybe the wages that William's going to get, well, reportedly going to get, could have been spent elsewhere or used elsewhere. But for squad depth, okay, yeah, I understand that. But I just said, with the young players they've got there and how exciting Arsenal have been, I quite like what he was doing there. So I probably, if I'd have been Arteta, I probably wouldn't have added William, no. Number four! Now William gets in on the act! Fed by Tammy Abraham and a low drive into the bottom corner. And now William scoring goals. Well, when I'm trying to think down, back to my, my last contract, to one of my last contracts when I was over 30, a lot of it was um, incentive. So I'd have obviously your structured wage, but then I'd get, a, a, I think I signed a three year, but it was two years was definite. And the third year was if I'd played a certain amount of games. Now there had been whispers that I was getting close to the, the number to get that third year. And it was a bit like, well, do we want to give him that extra year? He's, I think I was 33 or 34 at the time. Do I want to give him that extra year or can we use that for a younger player? But because I was playing so well at the time, they ended up having to give me the three years because the manager was like, I know you potentially don't want me to play him, but I'm going to have to play him because he's, he's scoring goals. So I think when you get to when you get over 30, or especially 31, 32, you get contracts where you might get right, a, a three-year contract, but it'll be two definitely. And if you play 50% of games of that, that third year, or 50% of games in that second year, then you'll get the third year. But then that's where clubs are quite clever because they'll look at what's going on and go, well, and clubs will do that. They'll go, well, how is he looking forward? Is he had a couple of injuries and that? Well, what we'll do is we'll just pull him, pull him back a little bit, not get, let him get them games. And then after the two years, send him on his way. England's leading test wicket taker, Jimmy Anderson, Jimbo to his mates, has spoken to the media ahead of the second test with Pakistan on Thursday. Ahead of the match, there have been some talk that Anderson may be looking at international retirement. And he was asked if there was any truth in those rumours. It was one bad game, and I don't, I'm sure I'm going to have another bad game in, in my career. Um, I just don't want every time I have a bad game for it for there to be whispers going around that I'm I'm going to pack in. So um, for me, it's just about trying to find a way of dealing with that, find a way of dealing with the outside noise, uh, which I've done really well in my career. I just like I said, it's a little bit different now. And on the fitness side of it, you know, I, I work really hard on that, and I'll continue to work really hard on that. Edged! Jimmy Anderson has five. Felt great in these these last three games that I've played. Body feels really good. Felt stronger as the, as the games have gone on. As I said before, I was um, running quite hard this game, and to come through that, it, I mean, it was only 28 overs in the match, but it's still a decent workload and a good intensity as well. So I was pleased that I've come through that, um, and the body feels great now. So the work the work ethic thing is not an issue for me. I'll, I'll keep doing the, the hard work in the gym and in the nets in practice to try and keep improving. To be, to be honest, it's quite exciting that I've got the opportunity to, to keep improving and that's what I'll continue to do. Goffey also had his say on Jimmy Anderson and the wrong rumours around his retirement. Oh, that's just been written on purpose to make me fall over, isn't it? The wrong... Ru- no, I won't even try it again. Perfect first time. Anyway, he called for people to lay off England's all-time leading test wicket-taker. Looking at his age and he's had two average games... And suddenly they say, no, he's going to retire now. He's had two average games, so he's going to retire. It's ridiculous. Mm. You know what I mean? He's still got ambition. He still wants to get the 600. I think he needs something like another nine more. Um, He's not going to suddenly retire because he's had two average games. If he has another two, I think there then comes a point where age will come into it. It'll be taken out of his hands. 
It's 38, I think. Oh, wow, okay. It's 7.38, which is ridiculous to be still playing and still opening a bowl at, at Test Match That level. is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, but his body's been well looked after because he's just been an England player. He's hardly played any games outside of, of that. But people are questioning him purely because he's great and they're used to him getting four or five wickets every time he bowls. Mm. But suddenly he's had a couple of steady games for him and then they say, oh, he's going to retire now. And staying with cricket, this is Jimmy's teammate England all-rounder Chris Wokes on The Breakfast Show looking back at Saturday's brilliant run chase and spending time in the middle at Old Trafford with Josh Butler. You know, it shows good character to, to come and, and win a game like that, especially in the fourth innings against a good Pakistani side. So, um, yeah, but, you know, we were both in need of some runs. Um, you know, my runs have certainly dried up. And um, I suppose you just, when you go into a situation like that, you try and put back to the back of your mind any form and, you know, any technical side of things and just watch the ball and hit ball. And, you know, we both did that really well. Back now to drive time with Goffey and me. Not Ben, me, 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 me. Andy Goldstein, me. Anyway, this is us discussing ice creams. And during that discussion, Goffey had a bit of a slip-up when he revealed he liked something weird on his 99. What was your favourite ice cream as a kid? I had a screwball uh, last week. Did you? On Sunday, yeah. What, from the ice cream man? Yeah, it did everything from the 80s. It was awesome. Wow. The oysters and all that. Oh, they had everything. And when I saw screwball, I had to have it. Screwball, they were fantastic. And then and then they had uh, and the double ninety nine, whatever they're called. I can't remember. Hundred and no, no, it's, it's not called that. But they could they, yeah. I can't remember what they call them. But with two flakes in, awesome. What? This is a serious question. Why is a ninety nine called a ninety nine? Do you know? I, I don't know the answer. Is it because they cost ninety nine p? Is that what it is? Might have been. I can't see that. If you know why, let me keep it to yourself. I don't care. Matt is a Chelsea fan. Maybe he's got the answer. Hello, Matt. Hi guys. How are you doing? We're good, Matt. How are you? What's your favourite ever ice cream? Probably an old classic 99. Yeah, you like the 99 as well, Route 1. I do, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Do you, do you remember a Magnifico, Matt? I've heard of that. I don't think I ever Was that with the bits one. and Thousand Islands on the top of a lolly? Hundreds of thousands, I think. That's thousand Island, cool. that's for salads. Oh, it's a salad. <laughs> Bit of salad cream on top of you. <laughs> yeah. You know what they're called? Thousand Islands. Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds, Hundreds of thousands. God, <laughs> <laughs> so, this ice cream tastes a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> You've got lettuce in it. What's going on? Tomatoes. <laughs> Put it on a bit of fish. <laughs> Well, that's it for another podcasty thing. Thanks for listening to Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily. You can, of course, listen to us on the TalkSport app. Of course, we're still available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast or wherever you get your poddies from. But if you add the TalkSport app to your phone, you can listen to all the podcasts plus your favourite radio shows as well, which obviously will be mine. A reminder, tonight on TalkSport, we have live commentary, which kicks off at 8pm of Wolves against Sevilla. Of course, a place in the Europa League semi-finals awaits the winner. And of course, from 10 o'clock, you can have your say on Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar, my Sports Bar, with me. Yeah, I'm back on it for the first time in God knows how long. I am back presenting my own show tonight from 10pm with the fun boy, Jason Cundy. That's it. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. 
Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.